Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. We all know that learning without proper nutrition is tough. The brain needs good food and enough of it to absorb and process information that becomes knowledge. That's true regardless of a learner's age. But attention overall to food insecurity's effects on students often ends with K-12. In fact, many college students across Missouri, including those in the St. Louis area, struggle for nourishment as they work on their degree. Producer Aula Kuziz recently visited a local college campus to speak with people who understand how vital food support is to student well-being. At Archer's Market, a food pantry at Florissant Valley Community College, there are two student workers at the front desk. Behind them is a shelf stocked with dozens of snack items. Danielle Lusk is the coordinator of the Student Advocacy and Resource Center at Florissant Valley, and she's in charge of running the pantry for students and, and staff. So this is the area where we keep all of our food, keep our groceries to stock the front and to fill bags. So we have all the cabinets here. The market offers a grab-and-go option for lunches and snacks in between classes. For students wanting more regular meal support, the pantry also offers grocery items. Danielle opens the commercial fridge to show me what's available this week. Um, We are partnered with the St. Louis Area Food Bank, so we get orders from them once a month. And so we have some eggs that we are able to pass on. Naya Coleman is a student in the Fine Arts program, and she says she appreciates that Archer's Market is accessible to all students. If you, if you need groceries, like if you don't have the money to go to the grocery store, they have everything you need. They have like, I think you can get like two meals and lunch. And like one time I think I got like a whole, like two whole chickens, like frozen chickens, boxes of cereal, two quarts of milk. Like it's like real groceries, like things you can live off of. Um, and I think that's really neat that um, that's open to everyone too because not a lot of people, it just saves a lot of money. It saves a lot of money. For Sabina Gundari, an international student from Nepal in her final year of the nursing program, the resources here have helped make her transition to the country a little smoother. Uh, I'm here always for for tomatoes and, <laughs> <laughs> and basil, because they have this little garden here. And sometimes when I don't come here, the staff here, they, they get some tomatoes to my office and they're like, do you want some? I'm like, yes, because <laughs> I always make like <laughs> tomato dishes and um, they are really fresh. And I really like that, like how they take care of people and how they're growing. Um, also encouraging people to have their own little garden so that they can grow their own food. I think that's really amazing. Students who utilize these resources may have other people to provide for. Destiny Abrams is a single mother, and she says the market is a big help for her and her kids. A lot of kids would be in the cafeteria and you would just walk by like, oh, I wish I could buy a chicken sandwich with some fries and a large Pepsi. And you're like, oh, yeah, we can go in there and calm down our hunger. And they just help you with food resources. They help you with just everything you can think of. Um, I'm really grateful for them. 
Takisha Blue works at the Child Development Center. She's getting her second degree from Forest and Valley. When her daughter passed away a year ago, she and her husband took in their six grandchildren. Um, she passed away from breast cancer, so one of her wishes was to, to keep the kids together, which we are. So it's it's been very helpful. The market has been amazing. The resources that they have, they offer. I can come and get a snack. You know, sometimes I don't, you know, you don't have everything that you need. And just stop by, hey, and they're always always asking, do you need anything? Do you need this? Outside of the scope that they do here. So everybody here in the Archer Market, from the students to the staff, are amazing and has really helped me and my family tremendously. Food Pantry Coordinator Danielle Lusk says food is often the most basic need for students coming in, but the market provides much more than a free snack. Florissant Valley Community College's Resource Center also offers a lactation room stocked with diapers and other baby items, a closet with donated clothes, and a relaxation room with dim lights and a machine playing calming beach sounds. In the 2022-2023 school year, the market served more than 1,000 students through the grab-and-go service, who visited the center a total of 16,000 times. More than 100 of these students met with the Missouri Family Support Division partner to register for SNAP benefits. Lusk considers that a win, but with 25 to 45 percent of college students reporting low food security in Missouri, there's room to grow. Lusk hopes that this year, they can connect with more students to earn their trust and support their needs. That was producer Aula Kuziz on a recent visit to Archer's Market, a food pantry for students and staff at St. Louis Community College, Florissant Valley, along with Daniel Lusk, who is the coordinator of the college's Student Advocacy and Resource Center, STLCC students Takesha Blue, Sabina Gandari, Destiny Abrams, and Naya Coleman shared why they value food support from the school. And joining us now to share more insights into food insecurity for college students, we welcome Joe Britt Rankin, Administrative Director of SNAP-Ed and Professor at Mizzou's College of Health and Sciences. Welcome. Thank you. I'm and, glad to be here. Yes, and Shannon Quinn, Case Manager at the University of Missouri St. Louis Student Advocacy and Care Center. Welcome to you as well. Thank you for having me. Thank you both for talking with us today. Now, Joe, we just heard how students of all ages and stages of life use the food pantry at St. Louis Community College, Florissant Valley. Joe, you've worked with students and conducted research and educational projects about this. What effects does, uh, does food insecurity have on students in college? Um, you know, we know that financially, that is the number, finances are the number one reason that college students leave uh, higher education. And we also know that food insecurity, just like young children that we often read about, college students, if they're hungry, they're not learning at their full potential. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm very excited to see all of the support that has been given um, so far, and I think there's still more we can do, to help support college students that are hungry um, and are needing to be more food secure. Mm -hmm. Now, Shannon, you started working as a student worker at the Triton Pantry mm -hmm. at UMSL, and more recently you became a case manager there. What kinds of changes and trends have you observed in student use of the pantry since you started? 
Yeah. So uh, like you said, I started in November of 2020 as a student worker, which we all remember 2020, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, dark COVID days. Um, At the time, we were operating um, on like a pickup basis. Students could come in, but they couldn't really shop in the pantry. Um, So even though there were a lot more students um, and an increased need with COVID and people being out of work, um, we noticed that a lot of people... um, Excuse me, I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. So there were many people who were coming in to pick up. And again, this was during the... It, like the sixth, seventh month into the pandemic, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so even with those accessibility issues, there were still a lot of people reaching out and coming in. So we kind of had to adjust and figure out how are we going to get to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even coming out of the COVID days, we've noticed more and more students are coming into shop now that they can. Um, so that has been really interesting to see and just um, the increased need, not just with food insecurity, but with all of the other things that college students are experiencing on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And we're talking about last year, 26,000 pounds yes. of food that was distributed through the Triton Pantry at UMSL mm-hmm. uh, and 800 unique visits from students. So not students who are coming back, but who are visiting for the first time. Uh Potentially, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, especially just within the last year, we've served those 800 students um, and unique students on top of, um, which account for 4,300 about um, visits. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's been really interesting to see since, the, you know, 2020, <laughs> right, right. Um, how many students are now coming into shop and how much food were able to distribute just with those accessibility barriers. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a, a survey that was conducted um, and published in 2021, and it was about college student food insecurity rates in the United States, and that it ranged from 25 to 35%. And that study was published in the Journal of, uh, Journal of Academy of uh, Nutrition and Dietetics. But in Missouri it found that about 45% of Missouri College students, they struggle with food insecurity. Now, that study only studied like 844 students, but there's a significant difference between what's happening in Missouri compared to the rest of the country. Joe, in your experience, do you get the sense that our state is hit particularly hard by food insecurity? Um, Yes. Yeah, we do see uh, a number of places w- around the state where we find um, people of all ages that have food insecurity. But it, it is um, alarming to know the number of college students who are struggling to be food secure. Um, as some of my colleagues and I have talked, just because a student is admitted to a two-year or a four-year institution doesn't change their food security issues. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, there's a lot to be done in this area that we need to to really work toward this because um, we want to make sure we're bringing those numbers down mm-hmm. as quickly as we can. And just to make a slight correction to what we just cited, while college student food insecurity rates in the U.S. range from 25 to 35 percent, a 2021 study published in Journal of Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics found that food insecurity affects about 45 percent of Missouri college students. Joe, you work 
um, in a capacity beyond a food pantry. Pantries are typically very low barrier, you know, accessible to all. Then there are federal programs like the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, and that requires application and approval. What is the relationship, Joe, between federal food assistance and college campuses? Um, we're really working closely the last uh, two to three years. About the time of the pandemic, um, SNAP eligibility changed. It used to be that a college student would only qualify for SNAP if their family, if their parents or their guardians received SNAP. That was the only way a student would receive SNAP. Mm-hmm. Now they can apply as a, an individual or a household um, and be qualified on their own. Because what was recognized by USDA was many college students um, are not receiving full support from their family. They may be more independent, they're working, and they need that support. And so um, they have been able to apply on their own. Um, it has changed. They um, may be subject to the what we call ABOD, able-bodied uh, adults without dependents in the home, where they have to be in a training program. They may have to be working a few hours a week. But if they qualify for uh a federal work study, they may likely uh, qualify for SNAP benefits as well. Mm-hmm. Shannon, you are trained to assist students in applying for SNAP. Yes. From your experience, what do they find most difficult or confusing about the application process? Yeah, um, one of the most one of the biggest things that I get the most questions about when I am sitting down and helping a student with their application. Um, is thinking about whether they are maybe, because uh, I'm so we're known for our non-traditional students. So we're not, um, there are a lot of students who are maybe living at home or living with other people. They're not all living by themselves in a dorm on campus. Right. Um, so a lot of them are unsure what to do when they get to the section of the household. And kind of like what Joe was just saying, um, you know, there's a part on the application that explains, you know, if you live with people in the household, but you don't prepare meals together, mm-hmm. then you can, uh, or you don't grocery shop and prepare meals together, um, then you can apply individually. So that causes a lot of confusion because students kind of have to think about like, I mean, they're at my roommate, sometimes we'll do things together. So that can get challenging. Right. Um, and then also just like all of the eligibility requirements as far as income, because obviously college students, most of them, a lot of them aren't working full time, mm-hmm. if at all. Um, so meeting those work requirements or I think Joe touched on, um, you know, being in an internship program or be seeking for a position or something. Um, college students are very busy. Um, I mean, time poverty is a thing, not just for, you know, non-traditional students like students who are parents. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of like just kind of barriers when they get to that application. They're like, I don't know how to answer this. And mm-hmm. they just need assistance. Yeah. Joe, the federal pandemic aid that was available, it had allowed 3 million more students to qualify for food stamps. This year, the rules have changed. What's been the impact among students at the four University of Missouri campuses? You know, I think those uh, those changes just went into effect September 1, so I don't know that we know the full effect. Mm. I think we'll see in the coming months. Um, I'm really happy to see that 
the UM system campuses have invested, um, not only do they have pantries, but now they're investing in their student services roles where they're hopefully each adding a position um, or allocating time of current position mm-hmm. to really focus on the basic needs of a student, ensuring that they have food. Um, just as Shannon has said, making sure that they have they know where they can seek assistance in completing those applications for SNAP, mm-hmm. um, but also other basic needs such as housing, utilities, internet, things like that, knowing how to seek assistance uh, if they're qualified. Mm-hmm. And producer Aula Kuziz spoke with Ronnie Dia, the Associate Vice Chancellor for Student Affairs at Southern Illinois University in Edwardsville. They've also seen a significant increase in students visiting uh, their own campus pantries and surrounding food outreach organizations. So they also have hired uh, basic needs coordinators similar to the UM system. And this is not a, a problem that is limited then to Missouri, I mean, we're sitting right here in a bi-state region. People move back and forth. So, you know, the the extent to which this is uh, an issue that affects many people, I think, is, is something really important to acknowledge here. Um, Joe, you have mentioned the addition of staff. Do you think that that will increase the number of students coming to seek assistance I hope so. You know, one of the things that, as I talk to students, we often hear that they're not aware that they could apply mm-hmm. for food assistance. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so with the addition of these positions or reallocating current positions, thinking about being more proactive, increasing that awareness of what students are, what is available to them. Um, we have students that work in our office. Um, as work-study students, and they're not aware mm-hmm. that they could apply for this because often we've had them talk about how they need to use a pantry or um, it's a burden to their parents if they mm-hmm. go home and are trying to acquire uh, additional food resources. And so we often talk about, you know, how they can do this um, and, and apply for food assistance when needed. Mm-hmm. And is this part of what you do with SNAP-Ed, Joe? Yeah, SNAP Education provides education on food resource management, how to improve diet quality, um, thinking about uh, consuming healthy diets as, and balancing that with increasing physical activity. We also, in addition to SNAP Education, we do have a contract with the state to do SNAP Outreach. And much like Shannon, we have educators throughout the state, not just on college campuses, Mm -hmm. that are available to Missourians that we can help them apply um, for SNAP. Right. So, Shannon, you know, food is the most basic need for students, and food pantries are often the first stop for students. Mm -hmm. What are the partnerships that you have with other departments and organizations? Yeah, um, some of the largest. Uh, we're very proud with our partnership with the St. Louis Area Food Bank. We're one of, uh, we are the first university to partner with them. Um, so we're really proud of that. That's how we get most of our stock in the pantry. 
Um, they deliver once a month. We can also schedule pickups with them. And then the St. Louis area diaper bank is another one that we're super proud of. Um, student parents can pick up diapers uh, on a monthly basis. And then through that partnership, they are partnership with the St. Louis Alliance for Period Supplies. So we also have period products in the pantry. That's great. Shannon Quinn is case manager at the University of Missouri St. Louis's Student Advocacy and Care Center. And Joe Britt Rankin is administrative director of SNAP-Ed and professor at University of Missouri's College of Health and Sciences. Joan Shannon, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Today's segment was produced by Aula Kuzits. With audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.